And just like that, we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for checking out this edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. And I got to say, folks, this this is a, a special. Well, I mean, they're all special podcasts, but this one's really special, man, because I got a young cat on here, man, who I've been listening to and is a I can't say he's he's a he's a podcaster because he's really more than a podcaster because the guy literally has like 15 different podcasts. <laughs> like I can't even catch up. But um father, entrepreneur, hustler, uh, my man Baylor the Great is in the building. Baylor, what up, man? Hey, let me tell you something. This is like a this is like primetime show right here. Like I got this, like, you know how you walk out, you shake hands, the band is playing, the crowd going wild. I'm still standing up because I'm soaking it all up. You know, you know, I'm soaking it all up. I'm going to sit down and I'm ready. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready for tonight's show. Hey, man. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I I, I told you I had to get you on so we could chop it up. Um, You're from uh, the City of Angels, uh, L.A., um, we're going to get into later on, talk about, you know, where folks can find you and listen to your pod and everything like that, or your podcast, I should say. Um, but, uh, you know, one thing that I I realized, and I was going to tell you this off air, but I'll tell you this on the air. One thing I realized, like, probably the first time that I, first couple of times I heard your podcast was, um, you do what they call bending the rule. And <laughs> what I mean by that okay. is... I have a, um, when I was in college at South Carolina State University, uh, I, I, I minored in broadcasting, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a, a, my mentor, one of my um, broadcasting mentors, he said, he would, he would always say, Kyle, you can't bend. He said, you can't bend. You can't bend. And I was, and so one day I said, well, what do you mean? He said, bending the rule means like you have to introduce, introduce yourself. And then you have to, as you're talking even more, kind of, reset and tell people who you are and like the first time first couple of times i listened to your podcast i realized like he don't introduce himself he just get on there and start talking (laughs) but here's the genius in that because the thing that my my professor would tell me is that if you've been he said it it, it's only okay if it works Mm -hmm. and i said well you know that don't make no sense he was like but no he said it's only okay if it works he said so that means like your audience has to be prepared to listen to you so the way that i took it was he don't introduce himself because the people that show up know what time it is they know who he is there's no need for introduction let's get right to it so i i thought that that was really really dope you know so i don't, I don't know if it's something that you know that you were doing i was like but he don't say bye he don't he don't say hello because <laughs> like one of the podcasts i was listening to you were just talking and I, I wasn't looking at like I, I, I subscribed on Spotify. So I wasn't looking at the thing to let me know how much time was left. Mm-hmm. And I'm driving in the car and you said something and then it went out. And I'm like, oh, shit, did I hit a dead area or something like that? So I look at the thing and it's like zeros. And I'm like, oh, shit, he's done. I was like, he didn't even say bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you know, um, Early on, when I first started to record, I did the intro mm-hmm. and the outro, and I and I actually kind of do that with my sports show, but with my flagship BTG for president, it's my that's my audio statue. Okay, you know what I mean so, uh, and you were correct, spot on. I have a core set of listeners. You know what I mean? 
and I'll, including yourself, you would hit me up after the episode or during the episode. And I also have people that just send me text messages. Okay. The same people like, and I am okay. <laughs> and I can, and I, and I haven't, I don't check my downloads or nothing like that. So I don't, I don't know how many downloads I get a month. I don't. Mm-hmm. And I haven't, I haven't checked that since the first two months that I started recording. Wow. And and because I'm not, that's not my goal or anything like that. My goal is to create content as a time capsule. So when I'm gone, the people that I love, the people that I respect, and even people that don't know me can go back and just listen to Facts. A, a, a journey through my life. You know what I mean? Because some of the events, it, it, it just, it keeps going. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I might have some shows where I do interview people, or I might have some shows where we come up with a game or something like that. But I'll also have shows where, you know, it, it it's like an episode eight, but then between episode eight and episode nine, you might have about 20 shows. Okay. You know what gotcha. I'm saying? Because gotcha. episode eight, I might be saying, you know, my son had just finished freshman basketball you know what i mean then episode nine is like yo he's at a new traveling team (laughs) you know what i'm saying something (laughs) like that so um no it's just it's just talking because life is not scripted you know what i mean and so i like to talk to people and honestly i would love love to go in these corporate meetings and just talk the way that i talk Mm -hmm. because people i just feel more comfortable talking that way and so that's why i don't introduce myself all the time and and things like that, like you know, people know who it is. They they know I have a, <laughs> I, I have a certain cadence to my voice, and right? It's certain things that I repeat, like you know what I'm saying. I know I say that a million times in my in my show. So yeah, okay, okay. Well, that, yeah, that was something that I picked up on, man. And like I said, like my professor told me, if it works, you can do it, and it clearly works for you. That's just that's something one. You know, it's always little things that I I, I try to take from from everybody's podcast when I listen to it. Um, now you guys listening, you see, you saw the title, California Love. Like I said, my man Baylor's from LA. Um, talk to me because I'm I'm somebody who grew up in South Carolina, grew up in a little little town called Florence. Um, so my exposure to LA was through the medium of the media, um, in the '80s. So you can only imagine whatever news that I got. And of course, you know, we didn't have, you know, we didn't have the internet or anything like that. So, you know, it was just, we had our own perceptions of what uh, LA was like. So what was it like growing up where you grew up? I mean, was it cool? Was it bad? Was it, you know, how how was, how was life in LA coming up? Well, are we talking, are we breaking it up by decades or just in general? How, how, yeah, just either in general or, you know, actually do both in general and, and in the decades. Well, in the eighties, um, in the eighties, it was oh, that's my favorite decade right there, by mm. far, hands down. I think the nineties got the best music, but I think the eighties got everything else. Okay, I, I would say I would say the eighties and the seventies are battling with fashion. I gotcha. love it. I love the fashion. But growing up in LA in the eighties, um, you know that was like that was the peak of. Now I wouldn't say the peak, but that was the beginning of game game banging. The hard, the hardcore, you know what I mean? Where colors were, you know, separated at that point in the 80s. You also had the, the crack ac- epidemic, you know what right. I'm saying? They hit the streets. Um, that's the gang culture in general, but that's to the side. Other than that, I was just a regular kid running up and down the street, had to be in before 
<laughs> lights and things like that. I was, you know, a typical, a typical kid, latchkey. You know what hmm. I mean? I'm sorry to tell on my mom. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but it, like, I was walking home by in the third and fourth grade by myself wow. with, a, with a key around my neck. You know what I mean? Because moms had to, moms had to work. You know, work late. You know, we don't know how that goes. Um, mm-hmm. But it was fun. And then you know, got to middle school. That's that's when I got really introduced to the game coach. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what okay. I mean? Because um, you know, we had a you know the, the whole sagging thing. You know, right. we, took on, we took on the image of the city that we stayed in. Mm-hmm. So just like whatever they were showing on showing y'all on TV, we got the same thing and then other things that, that may not have reached y'all at that point. Gotcha. Um but but yeah, you know, me, my mom, she didn't tolerate, she wasn't strict. My mom wasn't strict at all, you know what I mean? Um, and then my dad, I you know, my dad didn't live with us. Okay. Um, they were separated and but I didn't have, we didn't, I didn't have that male guidance. That's why I said off the air, I was like, you was the older <laughs> brother that I needed. You know what I'm saying? And I did have an older, I do have an older brother, but for, I would say for a large part of my life or the important parts of my life, I should say, not the large part, but the important parts of my life, I needed that role model, not just an older brother, but a role model because my role models, um, my role models came from a different world. Um, also, my role models came from watching the Cosby show, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, so I had an older brother, uh, but what I needed from my older brother at that time was like mm-hmm. a role model. You gotcha. know what I mean? Because at the, when you asked me, uh, you know, basically, or when you said, you know, you knew I had some older siblings, and I do. I have an older brother. I have an older cousin, and they pretty much schooled me on the hip-hop around that time so that's why i got a i got a i got a i got a soft spot for like wu-tang you know what i'm saying red man you know yeah exactly exactly <laughs> i know cats like spice one you know okay. what i mean yeah so it's like I, I i know these cats uh the alcoholics uh i can go i can go on and on but these are the cats because they're seven years seven to 10 years older than me so mm-hmm. they know that part they know that era and i grew up listening to all that stuff um, but I say I needed that role model, especially in the nineties, because that was the peak of gang bang, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? To where whatever neighborhood you stayed in, you ultimately became a part of, Wow, you know what I mean? So when you listen to uh K dot and good kid, mad city, and you hear that where your grandmama stay, no, that is a real question. <laughs> and you better have your answer. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Whether you lying or not, have an answer, have a reply. Right, you don't you don't want them to reply for you, right? You know what I mean. One of the worst, one of the worst uh, rebuttals that I got was, "Hey, homie, where you from?" Natural response, "Hey, homie, I don't bang." Mm-hmm. Oh, you bang in a day? What? What now? <laughs> what, what? What is your? What do you do after that? You gotta I don't in. know. What, what do you? What do you say? Hey, is it? Put them hands up. <laughs> put them hands up. You know what I mean? Um, wow. But I, I say I needed that 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 guidance and that uh, that role model because I needed the confidence. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I knew my older brother played football and basketball at the high school that he went to, but he didn't go beyond that. But even that small part of my dad is an LA basketball legend. You okay. Know what I mean? In the LA streets, you know what I mean? And and a lot, you know the 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 guy that runs the Drew League, 
Yeah. You know, he put my my pop's name in the Drew League Hall of Fame. Wow. You know, that's so any any cat that I talked to that was hooping in the 70s and stuff like that, they know who that is. If they ask my name, they always ask, is your daddy Ronald Taylor Sr.? And I'll say, yeah. Now I got to sit through 15, 20 minutes of how great. <laughs> you know what I mean? But my dad never took the time to punch that into me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Okay. He told me on a couple of occasions, make sure you get a left hand. As an adult, I know how important that is. As right. a matter of fact, in high school, I know how important that is gotcha. when they put a trap on you. You know of what course. I'm saying? <laughs> they force you to go one way because you only can dribble with your right hand. Right. You know? Right. Um, but I also grew up loving football, though. And I mm-hmm. think I would have been a way better football player than a basketball player because I loved everything about football. And I'm talking about the small things like fighting for extra yardage. You know what I'm saying? Fourth and one, three and two. You know what I'm saying? I understand about the trenches and the offensive line, the defensive line, that front seven. You got a front seven, you don't need no elite DBs. Facts. You know what I mean? But um, my mom wouldn't let – she wouldn't allow me to play. You know hmm. what I mean? And But I wanted to. And I honestly, if I would have just went ahead and did it, um, she probably would have been cool. But I, I started too late. I wanted to play Pop Warner. Okay. But, you know, my step pops and my stepbrother uh, played, you know, he had him groomed. My, my step pops actually played with John Elway. Oh, wow. Or no, played against John Elway. Okay. okay. So he was a good, he was a good DB. Um, I think he went to Fairfax. Okay. So my step pops okay. went to Fairfax High. Uh, and he played against uh, John Elway. But that's my football background. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't get I didn't get nobody pushed me. Right. And that's been a story of my life is that everything that I've been interested in, I've never been pushed to be better in. Okay. So now I'm kind of like relearning and learning things. Uh again, I said my examples in the 90s, a different world, the Cosby show, uh Fresh Prince of Bel Air, you know, Martin, come on, uh, the Wayne brothers. Like those were my examples. Uh so that's the only thing I can go by is the examples that I had on TV and what I've seen in the rap videos. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and that could be tricky. Uh, you talk about rap videos. Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, gangs. And, and like I said, we we knew a little. We didn't know a lot. I mean, South Carolina, there was no such thing as a I mean, we couldn't spell gangs in South Carolina. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, but the little bit that I knew was based on what I saw on the national news. Cause you know, of course mm-hmm. we weren't, we weren't going to get any kind of coverage or anything like that on local news, but it was just like, you know, they talked about obviously the killing and, I, and I'm just going back into the eighties. They talked about the killings and, and, you know, that's when I first heard bloods and crips. Um, but it wasn't really until, and I think I was listening to your podcast and you said what you just said earlier, like your neighborhood. And it, cause it, to me, in my mind, it, I was like, well, why would somebody join a gang? Like, that just don't really make a lot of sense to me. And again, you're talking to a kid from South Carolina. But like you said, if your neighborhood, if you lived on Jefferson Street, and I hope there's no Jefferson Street because I don't want no smoke. <laughs> nah, <laughs> if you lived on I, Jefferson it, it, Street. It's, it's, actually more, it's actually more difficult than that. You know what I'm saying? They got numbers and, okay. and, and things like that. Uh, but no, you asked the question, well, why would we join the gang? For the simple reason where I was just, I, we're lonely. Yeah. 
in the third, fourth grade, I was coming home by myself. No mm. older brother. My younger brother wasn't born yet. We're, we're seven years apart. Okay. So my mm. younger brother, my younger brother didn't come until about two or three years later. Okay. You know gotcha. what I mean? So gotcha. I'm walking home, eating Teddy Grahams, watching the Animaniacs by myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, and that's what they needed. And the, the, the lie that was told to you was you're going to have a brotherhood girls are going to like you that's the mm-hmm. name that's all you want is to be that's cool all you need. with some cats and some girls that's attracted to you right and but they never they never tell you the uh the dark side of it you course, know what i mean you don't get that until you get older you only go you can end up in jail or in jail i mean uh, in dead or in jail which is right. true but um you know just seeing a gang of cats walking together everywhere together it was like a unity you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And then girls were a part of it. You know mm. what I mean? Not just girls on the outside, but there was actually girls from the, the game. game. Wow. And it's like, you see that and everything is uniforms. Mm-hmm. Cats got on khakis, cut off khakis, uh, house slippers, uh, red red or blue bandanas, uh, belt, uh, belt buckles with your initials in it. Like, oh, that, was cool. a, that was a uniform. You know what I mean? So it was like, dang, it's tempting. Right. Right until you start to see some of those fights, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Hold up, wait a minute! <laughs> I didn't sign up to fight all the time." Right? You know what right. I mean? But I, I will. I think on one of my episodes, I think coming out next week, I did say I was in a, I was in like a feeder game, mm-hmm. which is like a crew, and a lot of cats start off like that. They start off in a crew or whatever. The crew would be called something like um, Gap. This is a this is a true story. This is a, there was okay. a click in middle school called Gap, gorgeous ass pimps. I know it's funny. I know it's funny, Cal. I know. I know y'all laughing at me in South Carolina. But the fact, <laughs> hey, Pimp, we could have had gorgeous ass pimps in Florence, man. Hey, I, 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 hey y'all supposed hey, to come up with something bigger than that? Hey, nationwide, we had Nike. We had we had Nike niggas intentionally corrupting everything. Notice how the K. Right, it's, you know what I'm saying? Replace the C, but Nike is not spelled with a C, you know. Uh, we had girl clicks. Um, what was it? Guess get them, use them, excuse them, sending them strong, uh, sprung. You know what I'm saying? We had DKNY, oh yeah, my we, gosh. we had we had clicks out there, but some wow. of those clicks, some of those clicks turned into you know, that was, like, it was it was it was like the minor leagues, gotcha, gotcha, okay. you know what I mean, and then um. Yeah, so I had my hands in it. We, you know, when when Nip said, "Take you behind that building, and make you expose your rage." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was and real see, that's, talk. That's the thing, like because even hearing that story, it takes me back to, like I said, what I heard on the on 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 TV about you know the violence and everything like that. And then right around eighty, late eighty seven, eighty eight, I get introduced to Easy E and NWA. And so by the time now I'm in at this point, I'm in what was I middle school? I think I know maybe I just started high school, I think. And um, my boy who I was telling you about, Jay Fresh off air, who lives out there, he he was the one to put me on because he was he was the one cat from Florence who listened to West Coast music. Like he I don't know how he found Easy ENWA, but he was the first person that I knew (laughs) that, you know, got into it and was into um. Easy E, NWA, King T, all of the um, Too Short, all of the people who were out from the West Coast at that particular time. And so 
listening to what Easy and Dre and Cube and Rand talked about made me think like the shit was real. Like, you know, I so we were like, I was like, damn, LA don't sound like no place I want to be. And so um <laughs> I so I was terrified. So so we come out there. So in 87, January of 87, I come out there to Pasadena. Um, my uncle's playing for the uh, New York Giants at the time, and uh, then the Super Bowl. And um, so they go. So we're staying in Pasadena, but I was scared to go to Pasadena because I didn't know. I was like, Pasadena's Pas- L.A. Pasadena so beautiful. It's I know, beautiful. I know. But here's the thing. But I was scared because I was like, oh shit, that's L.A. We don't want to do nothing. We don't, like I don't want to go anywhere. I, I don't want to be in the wrong colors in Pasadena. And so, um, but yeah, so it, it that kind of molded my idea of what I thought it was. And then as I got older, you know, I realized what it was, what have you. Um, but as we move forward, so you go through that and then like some of the music that you talked about, some of the same stuff that I listened to. And then I get to, you know, Ice Cube, which was I, I've oh, done, you know, I heard that episode. Yeah, I listened to that. Yeah. So, yeah. And then Ice Cube in his The Death Certificate, America's Most Wanted. You know, also NWA's music, that's a precursor, if you will, a, a sneak peek into what would happen in April of 1992, the riots, Rodney King riots. Um, what do you remember? Because, again, you were so I was 92. I was in I was a sophomore in college. So you would have been so you're 10 years younger than me. So you were older. So, you know, you remember. So what, what do you remember about that time when in, in the 92 riots? Because I, I just remember. I remember how crazy it was, but I also remember like, yo, they got a video. They, you know, I don't know. I don't know if y'all seen the same coverage that we seen on the news, but Mm -hmm. my step pops was on the news with a TV falling out the back of his Toyota pickup truck. Yeah. I wish I I swear. I wish I can get that footage, man. Cause back in the, that was, that was VCR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So any so anything that we had to record, we had to record it on the VCR. Of course, we're not recording the news because I'm not gonna we're we're looking at the news because we're getting the play-by-play of everything right. that's being all right. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm gonna go back a little bit because I did participate. <laughs> but but when we and I we participated and when we came back, I swear, Cal. I went with I went with my older brother on a mm-hmm. GT on Lilla. I want to see this old school GT Dino bike right chrome everything chrome this, I'm this, this, this don't sound good <laughs> oh man i'm on the handlebars i'm on the handlebars oh, similar to how snoop was and then right the, you know what i mean i'm on the handlebars we're dri- we're riding down to um it's called mid-city one mm-hmm. of the most popular spots that we have on the, on on the west side is the skating ring okay word on wheels right i've heard As, of it Ask, ask, ask the wife about World on Wheels. I've heard of it. I've okay, heard of so it. Um, it, it's notorious for parking lot shootouts. You know what mm. I'm saying? Because they got the wow. schoolyard crips over there. Um, yeah, it, it was a mess. But next to it is a plaza <clears throat> that had an ABCs. Uh, that's a market, by the way. Okay. They Now they call them Ralph's or Kroger's in the Midwest. Gotcha. Or, you gotcha. know what I mean? Gotcha. Uh, so there was there's a supermarket, and then there was a chain of other different type of stores. You know, like a jewelry store, mm-hmm. uh, beauty salons, and things like that. And you know, the security back in the day was those those um, those wire gates. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
we looted that, which was crazy because next door, directly next door, and they knew this. I guess they knew this before we knew, which they sometimes are all the time they know. They knew the, I I assume that they knew the verdict before we knew. Okay. Right. Um there's a police station right next to the plaza. Word. Yes. There's a police station. It's still there to this day. Wow. The police station, they've changed. So the y'all plaza were y'all were looting there. right next to the police station. Right next to them, but no officers were there though. Oh, oh yeah, That's yeah. The they thing. probably went down. They probably went downtown. Yeah, no, so no officers were there. We're tearing that place up. And the one thing that I remember was a lady drove her car through the supermarket. Um, and then the jury store, my brother took me directly to the jury store. I'm young. I just know I'm about to go get some free stuff. I don't know. I don't know how bad this is. I just know we're going to go get some bad stuff. I mean, we're going to go do some bad stuff and get, get some stuff, right? Influenced right. by my older brother. And I remember we ran up in the jury store. People are already in there. It's crazy. It's fire burning in certain right, areas. Right, right. The gate, the security gate is mangled and, and it's just twisted and bent all kind of weird ways, right? Mm-hmm. But that's important because as we're getting in there, obviously we got in there too late. There was one case that was left that was untouched. You know, the jury case. Mm-hmm. This one guy came in there. I don't know if he survived this or not, but he punched the glass and then dragged his whole arm through the whole case just to open it. Well, it was very strategic, though, Cal. But but you know he messed his arm up. He messed his arm up, but he somehow got all the jury in that case. And the one thing that I remember, and I, I, I used to remember her face. I can't anymore. But the gate came down on this girl's shoulder. Mm. And I just felt so bad for her because she was crying. It wasn't that bad, but it, was, it, it punctured her. You know what I mean? But I just felt so bad. And then that's when I came. I woke up like, yo, I need to get up out of here. Long story <laughs> short, the only thing I got out of there was a ball shirt. Wow. Uh, we got back to the crib. When we got back, when we left, living room clean. We left the TV on. We come back. Mm-hmm. We got quinceanera dresses. We got a new TV. We got boxes everywhere, camcorders, um, Raider hats, Laker hats. I'm like, yo, it's like I came back to my house and it just turned into a store. Mm-hmm. That was my step pops. Oh, as shit. we're watching the news, though, you see, him. we see him pull out of a parking lot and the TV rolled off and fail we see him get out the car pick the tv up put it back in there close the trunk get home that was recorded earlier obviously so all this was going on while we're i guess while we're getting ready to leave by the time we left he must have been coming in empty the whole i was like wow this is crazy wow that is crazy yeah i man that i and you know it's funny man because i remember all of that stuff like it was yesterday i mean like i just remember being in school and i remember them saying yeah you know they got it on tape you know there's no way that these cops can get away with this and i mean you know fast forward to today you know stuff is on tape and cops still getting away with stuff but that's another story for another day but um that that is funny that is funny to see, to see your step pops with stuff uh coming off that that is crazy um yeah. 
We talk about that all the time. And then, and then the crazy part is when they do go back, you can, I think the documentary is on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken, or mm-hmm. at least was on Netflix. Uh, because that was our, that was at that point in time, I think that was our second riot. Yep. You know what I mean? And yep. then the third, the third one came during the pandemic, which was a totally different, totally different riot, you know, totally different compared to the other two. Um, but I just remember this lady saying they should have never mess with um King, uh Rodney King. Rodney King, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, I'm still a kid, and I'm like, but I go back to school repeating this. I'm like, yeah, they should not mess with Rodney King. <laughs> they should not they should not mess with. And I just remember watching that, watching the uh the footage on TV, and I'm like, man, they are whooping his. Well, you know, it was it was um from from where we stood in South Carolina. I think for me, just on a personal note, <clears throat> while I, I didn't, I even in, even being in college, like in my mindset was like, yo, you probably shouldn't be burning stuff up. But I also understood how they got to that point, and mm-hmm. I think that was the difference for me being the age that I was because you know I understand that it didn't just you know just like any other right, it didn't just happen. You know what I'm oh, saying? No, it was, it was no. a whole it was a series of series of events that that led to that. Not just the acquittal, but you know, the killing of Natasha Harlan, all that of was, that stuff. That was that still hurt. You know, and, and I you know it's funny, like I remember I remember hearing about it, but I didn't see the video until like a, years later. I think I was I might have been an adult and I was disturbed by what I saw because I was like, yo, she she was walking away, you know, mm-hmm. and you pull out a gun and you shoot her and kill her. And so and that's like that's like that's like damn near the beginning of the friction between the yep. blacks and the Koreans. Fact. You know what I mean? And, you know, the, and then during the riot, there was a little bit of friction. Mm-hmm. And, but the cold part about it is like, we try to, when I talk to other people, mainly it's a lot of people that's from the South that I talk to when I explain to them the racism that we dealt with was different in the mm-hmm. South because the white folks, they were scared of us. You know what I mean? That's that was the only positive thing about having a gang culture is that if right. you if you said anything that our ancestors had to hear, right? Oh, we was on your tail immediately. You know what I'm saying? But so it was more of a yo, if you all here to if we gonna make money, let's make money. If not, I'm scared of y'all, y'all stay over there. Mm-hmm. So driving through Beverly Hills, um, um Malibu, all these other places. Westwood, Brentwood, Culver City, you know, it was kind of like it's not like how it is now. It's very diverse in the city. Right, right, right. But I grew up around Hispanics. Okay. That's it. Okay. It was just black and Hispanics. And then in certain places, you know what I'm saying? Like in the Lone Beach area, you got Samoans and Tongans, you know what I'm saying? Uh uh, you got cash from the Philippines, like, and but they all grew up in our culture. You know what I mean? So the relationship between us and Koreans and um, just Asians in 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 general, mm-hmm. it's just it's just different because we did have most of our liquor stores were owned right. by Asians. You know what I mean? Um, and we were cool, you know, because they had been working in the in in the in the area on our block for so many years mm-hmm. that they just became, you know, like my mom used to have credit. You know what I'm saying? Go down to Mr. Lee, go get me some green onions <laughs> and stuff like that. Put it on my put it on my tab. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Like we could, we could do that. Um, but there was also that, yeah, but we really don't get along like that. Cause if you mm-hmm. had to pick a side, oh, we of know course. what's gonna you would, 
So with the Hispanics, it was different. Like if you was a Hispanic from South Central and you grew up around black people, you was one of us. We didn't look at you. We didn't look at you like you're Hispanic. We looked at you as, no, you one of us. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? We had y'all to the world. It was interracial relationships. To Mm -hmm. us, it was just a relationship. You know what I mean? Um, But there were also the Hispanics that came from El El Salvador, uh, Mexico, and you know we call them Pisces, the ones who wear the the scorpion belts with the boots and the the shirts tucked in with the cowboy hats and black. They they was like how we was blasting Pac and Cube and NWA. Yeah, they will bump whatever that they will be bumping that every Saturday morning, and they know that I I stay next to them. You know what I'm saying? They party. They parties go until two, three o'clock in the morning. Sound like the same music or whatever. Mm But we was used to it, you know what I'm saying? Like we, hey, I know who to go to if I needed the pinata. It was really like that, wow. you know what I'm saying? In the neighborhoods, but there was also some that, nah, we don't mix. Like the F13s, the uh, 18 streets, I stayed away from them. Right, gotcha. You know, I was scared. I was scared of gangs. I was terrified. Wow, terrified of them. I knew when they approached me, if they if they had a reason to approach me, I ain't got no problem with you, brother. Right, none. It's all love. All love. Every everything that you see in these cartel movies and TV shows and stuff like that. All right, they don't. So, it's, look, like I said, the Asians they had the they had the corner stores. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But guess who had the tire shops? Guess oh, who had no the question. shop shops? No you question. I mean? Yeah. So tell me about October 1995. Uh, I was still in school at that particular time. The OJ verdict. What was LA like then? Hey, so my wife actually seen uh um it was OJ who was driving again? Uh AC. AC. She seen them on the freeway. She seen them pass by. It was it was like a um it was like an event because if you stayed anywhere near the 110 freeway, mm-hmm. like you would you were just looking. There was a there was another scene besides that. I don't know if you ever you had to have this. You ha- or at least you had to see this. Have you ever heard of Faces of Death? Mm-hmm. Come on, uh, Band from America. Yeah, it's All been right. years since I. But I was in college when I want to say. I don't know if they came out when I was in college, but I remember watching because I had a VHS tape when I watched mm-hmm. them. Well, yeah, because I my my obviously my brother my brother put me on. Okay, or whatever. Um, I can't as an adult i can't watch it anymore no i could i could i could, I could barely watch it as a kid but you know as a kid we were so we nosy inquisitive yeah we, yeah, we don't like, care yeah so and once you start watching it's like with scary movies once you start start watching you can't stop and i'm like but it also set a reality in me like mm-hmm. i need to get my life together because i don't want to go <laughs> but there was a guy just like oj on a 110 freeway who ended up committing suicide and I think and I, this is not the birth of it because we had a few things that happened in LA that was recorded live mm-hmm. that the news had to apologize for. Oh, wow. Um, but he actually committed suicide. He actually killed his dog and killed himself on a 110 freeway. Mm. And they recorded it because they didn't know it was going to happen. His car, he set, a, he set himself on fire, couldn't take the heat, Damn. left his dog in there, but had a shotgun. Damn. And, you know, right there in broad daylight. And they say they didn't know it was going to happen, but you seen them take the gun out. Right. Uh, but that same freeway is famous for 
Mr. OJ right. in the white Bronco. Like I never that picture. Every time I see that picture, I'm like, oh my god. Man. And, and uh, I, you know what I try to tell people, particularly, and when you get a chance, go back and li- I, I did a podcast on. I think it was a was it the 25 yeah it, might, it was either the 20 or 25 year anniversary of OJ verdict. Um, and I had some audio clips in it, and I was talking about how even at school we were in the dorm. Everybody like cats left class. Nobody was at practice. No nothing. And this is a black college campus, right? So all you hear is when you heard "not guilty," I heard a roar like the like we went like we were at a football game. Yep. And so yep. we were just so happy, but it was just like you know trying to explain to people what I tried to do in that podcast was explain like while he might be a little bit of everything or whatever to people now, OJ Simpson was as big well maybe not as big he might have been as big as michael jordan at that particular time i mean I like say, i would say he was he was uh on the same path right but it fell off yeah you know because I mean? yeah. this is the same cat that was running through the airport yeah i mean he had endorsements you know white folks loved him black folks you know they yeah, cared and, about him and stuff like that and, it was just and, and being from and being from LA and by him attending USC yep. and things like that i stayed not intentionally because i'm like i said i'm just a regular kid regular young cat but i just so happened to be placed in certain areas <laughs> at certain <laughs> times and i would just hear older people talk and these just so happened to be the older people that were attending these parties Okay, OJ wow. and Marcus, you know, Uh-oh. Marcus Allen. Like <laughs> so look, if y'all want to know, y'all gotta ask them. I'm not, I wasn't there. Right. I wouldn't but in the huddle. You, but, but you heard some things. Yeah, I heard something. I heard some things. Uh, but I knew how I knew how important OJ was in general. Yeah. yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So um, and then like even though back then we did have we did have the Raiders, you know, obviously my Lakers and the Dodgers and stuff like that. But SC was, was a second, I mean, and besides the Rams, they were mm-hmm. a pro team. Yep. You know what I mean? And it all, and that extended all the way down to the, to the Reggie Bush era. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That was our professional team. So um, when you are an alumni or anything that's cut from that cloth of USC, you're important for that alone. Mm-hmm. No matter what you do in the NFL, no matter what you do in the NBA. Well, yeah, because yeah, USC basketball is different. So USC football and UCLA basketball is on the same. Well, we're actually higher because we got more championships. But <laughs> as far as the respect, you know what I mean? Like OJ can go anywhere. Marcus yeah. Allen can go anywhere. Anywhere. You know what I mean, so yeah, the, his name was very important. And as I got older, I started to realize like he did he did beat the case, but two people still lost their lives. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not only that is like it started a whole is it, it added to racial tension. And like oh, I said, no the question. race the racial tension out here was different because they didn't have the balls to call us the N word, mm-hmm. but if we worked for them, they knew how to get to us through okay. our money through our money. You know what I mean? Mm. And that was, you know what I'm saying? So they're not going to disrespect us. It's not how it is now, which is kind of weird, where they're a little bit more bold, but maybe that's because of the Trump effect. But prior to that, now nah, we wouldn't get none of that. No doubt. No doubt. Well, you, 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 
being a great podcast that you are, you actually segue right into the direction I want to go. Um, sports, um, huge, huge sports fan. Uh, obviously, I, I'm not going to have you on this podcast and we not talk about the Lakers. <laughs> uh, but let's let's go back. So you 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 missed. I want to say you missed, but you were young for the Showtime era. Uh, I came up with like because I started watching NBA in 1980. Magic, mm-hmm. I think he had just gotten to the league. He and Bird, um, mm-hmm. but Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bean Bryant. Oh, um, man, I I um I, <laughs> I don't know if I told you this, but like for a large part of Kobe's career, I didn't like Kobe. Oh, that's. I, you 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 I, <laughs> you. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Bale, I, I didn't. But 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 here's the thing, Baylor. I really had no reason not to like him, other than the fact that Jordan was my guy, and exactly. I felt like he was trying to be Jordan, which he was. But in a, in a sense, but when you look back on it, Kobe was he was being who he was, and I think you know what happened was I, I when I became what I would always here's here's what I would always say. I would be like, man, I don't like Kobe. I was like, I respect this game, but I don't like it, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't strike me as somebody that I would want to hang out with. I would want to hang out with Shaq seems like the type of cat you want to hang out because he's big, he's funny, he's a big, <laughs> gentle giant. Um, so, but as far as Kobe was, when Kobe tore his Achilles, mm-hmm. that's when I got behind him. Okay. And I was like, yo, I said, man, because you know what happened, man, to a point as a sports fan, I realized that we're not going to see this again. As far as oh. a player, I was like, I'm not going to see this again. And even if you say, okay, he's the second closest thing to Jordan, what's wrong with that? You know, so I started watching him more, liking him. And, and, and I think, you know, after everything that happened in Colorado, when Kobe became, quote unquote, the Mamba, he stopped work. Because, see, the thing about it was, was that he wanted to be like Mike, but he also wanted people to like him. Mm-hmm. And I think after all of that stuff happened, you know, whether, and I'm not even going to talk about what side of the fence people are on, but he really, I think, became who he was. And he was like, look, I'm going to be me. I'm not going to be Jordan. I, I'm, I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm going to do what I want to do. And people, the people that like me, that, that will or love me, will continue to love me for whatever reason. And so that's when I got on the Kobe train. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I watched them more. And, you know, I was really, I was, I was, kind of sad to see him retire because i think he still had more left in him you know how but emotional we was when he retired I, I, I'm, I'm about to get to that so my question to you is what let's start back from the beginning what was it like because you saw him as a kid that's that's one of the things that makes kobe different from a lot of other sure. stars is we that watched him, we watched him grow you literally watched yeah. him grow as an 18 year old kid when he came to the la he when he was shooting Air, uh, air balls in the playoffs. Oh man, Utah! To Shout becoming, <laughs> I remember that game. <laughs> to you know, to becoming an All Star champion. You know, went through the whole thing with Shaq. Shaq leaves, gets two more of the pile, and you know, becoming the great legend that he became. Ambassador for the game, ambassador for the women's game. All of these accolades that he got. Two retired jerseys, by the way. Every time, every time I go to the Staples Center and I look up, like I'm, like, I ain't even get a chance to say that, Bale. I ain't even get a chance to say that. So, t- so I'm gonna stop talking about Kobe. Tell me, tell me, um, what was it like watching him on a nightly basis? Because 
you know, we, we didn't have league pass back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> so you saw him every night. So see your your perspective is different because now I know Lakers fans. I some of my homeboys, they are diehard Lakers fans, been Lakers fans since you know, since Magic. But what was it like watching him on a night to night basis? And then two part question. What was it like watching him? And then what was your favorite memory or memories of Kobe on the court? First of all, if anybody, any diehard Lakers fan, they could really be diehard, tell you that from the moment he got drafted, they liked him, they're lying. <laughs> Kobe, Kobe had zero fans in L.A. when he first came aboard, and I'm going to tell you why. Mm-hmm. For the same reason that you said, there was already a Michael Jordan, right? Right. So, obviously, when I get to the mature stage, I break down why I feel like he might be better than MJ. But I'll get to that. Okay. But what's wrong with, and I told you, I'm giving you a flower. I feel like you are or you are an older brother that I needed at that age to push me to where I needed to be in life. Okay. I think that's the same thing. He just wanted to be as great or even better than the person that he looked up to. We criticize him because we're not used to somebody saying, you know what? I want to be like, and the crazy part about it is Michael Jordan got commercials saying, sometimes I be, sometimes I like, we want, I want to be like Mike. He actually wanted to be like Mike and literally, Mike. <laughs> literally. And, but he had this cocky, this arrogance to him that we wasn't used to because we, I grew up watching Showtime. Showtime, it was Magic Johnson. You got to understand, he is like the drunk uncle that don't drink. <laughs> He is like the uncle that says, true story, lay down in his pickup truck, lay down, and we, and you know, no seatbelts back there. It's freezing outside, but lay flat down. We about to go somewhere. That's the uncle he is. He's all, it seemed like every time on a fast break, it seemed like he was smiling. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, so it was a certain vibe that, that the showtime presented. Then a whole nother era started. We're not used to it. You know what I'm saying? Where's my six nine point guard at? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And then you bring in this Kobe kid, who is extremely young, cocky, cocky as hell. Like, and we like, he from Philly? Who is this cat? <laughs> Who is this cat? So for and then the air balls don't help. Nope. But then we all. appreciate the air balls now because of what his mindset was mm-hmm. like, bro, I got to go out there and I got to get it. This was Mamba, menta- Mamba mentality before Mamba mentality. Right. Right. So growing up, you know, we know about the Brandy going to prom thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we hear the stories about him going to the, you know, going to the liquor store, but not able to buy anything because he's <laughs> underage. Uh, we hearing all these different stories, and I actually got to meet him because he opened up one of the parks or reopened okay. up one of the parks before. Um, but the the one thing that I will always re- and it's so many, but the one thing that I appreciated was during the lockout. I think 2011. Mm-hmm. Was it 2011? I feel like it was before that. I could have my years mixed around, but we had a lockout. The NBA had a lockout. I think it was 2011. I think so. Yeah, so it was a lockout, and he decided, hey, and I and I want to say this could have been the birth of something new, but he came to the Drew League. Okay. You know what I mean? Because Kobe was a cat that went everywhere with no bodyguards. He didn't start having actual – he really didn't have them like that 
until he retired because wow. he started to coach his daughter because he would be at some of the games like he would be coaching at some of the tournaments that my son would be playing at. And I, I'll be wondering like why one side of the gym is so lopsided <laughs> and it's just two teams over here with a few parents. It's like, Kobe. y'all not going to watch our kids play? And they just watching Kobe coach. That's all they do. And they're not even wow. watching his daughter. They're watching him coach. They're wow. watching him stand up and sit down. But that lockout, and he came to complain and drew. And this, and it, like the Drew history, real quick, they played in like two or three different gyms. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he played in, if I want to say, I think he played in the second gym, uh, the Washington gym. And is know, that the I, one that we normally see on TV with the brick? Nah, uh, that's the okay. that's the that's the latest gym. That's at a, that's actually at a high school now. Okay, gotcha. You know what I'm gotcha. saying because Drew, because Drew is named after Drew Middle School, and it was actually in a like where Baron Davis and them used to play. Yeah, at, yeah, Baron Davis uh, Middle School gym where they don't. It's not a glass backboard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not a glass mm-hmm. backboard, and it's just a regular middle school size court, one court that went to another part. Then it went to uh, uh, Drew High School and uh, King Drew, King Drew High School. And uh, so it's a better, better court, obviously more room and things like that. The one thing I always loved about the Drew League, is they kept it free. So you can come at any time when, when there's games. And then now, because Kobe sparked it off, um, you had cats coming from L.A. You already had cats coming back, the Baron Davises and, and so on. Mm-hmm. But then the LeBron started to come. Then yep. the KD started to come. Yep. You know what I mean? Now, all of a sudden, it's just you got to come through the Drew League in the offseason now. If you don't mm-hmm. come through the Drew League, it don't matter. You know what I'm saying? As soon as you get bumped out of the playoffs or as soon as you get eliminated from playoff contention, the Drew League is about to fire up in the summer. Or you can play in the VBL. Shout out to where, uh, Meta World Peace because yep. he decides that he wants to play on concrete for the rest of his life. That's cool. Um but that's my that's one of my biggest memories is that he like no I got to play and he understood the assignment of giving LA a show mm-hmm. and showing them how authentic he is this is why you know the like for months after he passed away I'm not lying to you I can't embellish not one bit that first week Man, you could hear the wind blow through the city. Wow. It was so quiet. People walk with their heads down. It was very sad. Like I and for, like when it comes to Kobe and Nip, I can't talk about him too long. It's it's too emotional. But Kobe was our that was our adopted brother right there. You know what I'm saying? That was our he was the kid. He, he was our he was well to the Lakers and to the city, that was their son. Yeah. He was like that was my brother. That was brother. Right. You know what I mean? And he was just and then I started to appreciate him more after he um graduated. Well, in a way, after he retired because he went into fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Like strong and I was taking pointers from him. You know what I'm saying? Without him even knowing. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm like I just, I just love it. And the way he was just breaking down the game and, and things like that. And it was just, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's always, it's always good to get that. That's why I had to ask. Cause it's always good to get that perspective from someone who watched him. Like I said, not on league pass, but someone who watched him night in night out year in year out, because, you know, again, that's, that's somebody who, you know, 
who you looked up to and that you saw and you saw you saw the growth um mm-hmm. i just uh it, it's and, and i'm not gonna stay on code because i don't, don't want to make you sad i i just one of the hardest things i had to do was when he died i had to call my son who was off at college mm. i had to call him and tell him because i knew that he didn't get the i got the news before he did and you know it's weird because i remember i got a text and i was like i was like nah this you know how like you see something i was like nah this ain't right and then so i went to like we all do twitter and the first thing i saw was on like a tmz headline TMZ. i was like nah. and then i mean because like the first reports was that his his daughters like all of his daughters were on the plane on the uh, on the helicopter with they him. had it they had his whole family Rick, yeah, yeah, everybody right. on the plane. Like, yeah i was like nah this ain't right this ain't right and then i think when i finally got the truth you know i was i was shocked i was stunned because i had just seen the interview which probably was one of the last interviews he did when he did with uh all the smoke mm-hmm. and i just remember watching that interview and i was like man it, it, i was like you know where where i where i had said before I didn't think I could hang with Kobe. This Kobe was a Kobe that I could hang with. I was like, man, he's a father. He's kicking it. He's funny. He's he's all of the things that you should be at 40, 41, 42 years old, however old he was. And um, I just remember making that phone call. I called because my to my son, our oldest son, <clears throat> he uh, you know, Kobe, like Jordan was my guy, but Kobe mm-hmm. was his guy. So it it kind of hit me like Kobe is his Jordan. So I was like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to say. Because like I said, he didn't call me, so I had to call him. So I'm like, I know that he doesn't know. And um, and we talked about it. We, we didn't talk long because I, I knew he was going to be emotional about it. And, you know, so I let him have that time. But, you know, it, it's weird, man, because like for somebody who didn't grow up watching Kobe or anything like that, like, you know, like you guys did, I never watched any news coverage of I don't know where the site was. I didn't see any. I I, I couldn't bring myself because to me, if I looked at that kind of stuff, then I'd have to accept his death. And it took me a long time to accept the fact that he was gone. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and that just, it was just, it was just crazy. Um, and another person that you mentioned a little earlier, I wanted to get your perspective on somebody who I came to late. Um, uh, and when I say I came to Nipsey late, I came to Nipsey really late. I remember hearing about the Crenshaw mi- mixtape. Uh-huh. And I was like, you know, but what we heard was that this this guy, Nipsey Hustle, was selling this tape for $100. $100. Yeah. Like, oh, I went to write myself a mixtape for 100 And I heard Jay-Z bought like a bunch of them, like a yeah. thousand of them. Something like that. I was like, okay. So you know how it is with hip hop. If Jay fucking with him. You know, he got to, you know, it was the cosign thing. It in a, yeah, it was a stamp. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, okay. So if Jay-Z like him, and and then I heard him on, um, I think the first song I heard him on was uh, the Ninth Wonder Joint. Um, I can't remember the name. I think K-Dot was on that song too. And um, I was like, okay, he, he's good. He, he can rap. He, you know, he can really rap. Uh-huh. And, um, but I didn't hear much. I heard songs here, there, here, there. And then when... The Victory Lab came out, I want to say, like, in November um, or whatever. It came out. I, I listened to it. Maybe I heard I was listening to somebody's podcast, and they were talking about it, and they were going on and on and on about how dope Victory Lab was. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay. I said, I said, so I know Rick Nipsey can rap. I was like, okay, let me listen to it. So maybe about a month, month and a half after it came out. And 
course first songs come first song comes on and i always said like with hip-hop if you're gonna get me you gotta have a bar or something in a song that makes me stop and he said in the song he said circle got smaller everybody can't go yeah i was like oh shit yeah. i was like yeah he, when I, he, I, was, I was like he, he gets it and, and he, i started yeah. bumping it after that um so man talk to me about nipsey man I, I mean who was he outside of what we we know but who was he to to you and who was he to la all right, so there's there's two names that I'm gonna bring up that is cemented in LA's history, not just LA's history, but hip hop history for LA as well. Obviously, that's Easy E mm-hmm. and Tupac. Facts. Easy E is like um, that's like a it's like an LA guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Nip is like that too. Nip okay. is like Nip is like Nip Nip is like our Jesus, and wow. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this, not just in his music, because in his music he explained the gang culture of L.A. during his time period, his business goals, and he was telling us how we need to do it, what we need to do, right? The reason why his death was so impactful is because. He tried to do what a lot of other people cannot do today and what they couldn't do back then, which was, yo, I mess with YG. Right. Outside of this music stuff. Yeah. We should be shooting and fighting against each other. I'm cool on all that. Mm-hmm. I still wear my blue fa- flag. He wears his red flag. But we're yeah. about to get this money, man. I'm not, I'm no longer about to tear down my brother from the opposite side and i'm like dang finally now this has happened before you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying if, uh, for a lot of people out there don't know what's our connection yep. you know what i mean but it didn't feel like what nipsey had actually or was trying to do and that day i think well everybody should know that that day he was supposed to meet with yeah you know, the, the police department and the mayor <sighs> to talk, talk about how we were going to somewhat resolve just gang violence. One of the mm-hmm. biggest, one of the biggest rivalry gang rivals in LA is the Eight Trays and the Six O's. Mm. They was all on the same block marching together. Mm. No, this we're, we're talking about civil war here, right? You know what I mean? In the street, yeah, together because of this man's death. Because we and every show that I did after that, if I was on somebody else's platform, I end up crying. Because I was trying to explain, I, I recorded the show that night crying. I oh, still wow. got that show. And because when you, you could, when you born and raised in the city and you've been through all this crap, the gang violence and things like that, but somebody with a, a fresh voice, a fresh breath of air come through where you come from mm-hmm. and probably has been through more violent situations than you have say like look man i'm i'm trying to turn a different corner and i'm trying to build an empire the right way and it's like we all claim to be leaders until we finally see a leader 
And it's okay to, to walk behind. We just finished talking about Kobe and how he followed the steps of Michael Jordan. And it's like, we claim to be a leader, but that I, I'm five years older than Nip. And mm-hmm. I looked up to him. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm. it, it was just, that, guy, that cat was powerful, man. Yeah. I'm talking about, and, and I get it, maybe, you know, people don't understand, like, yo, that's just a man. That's just one of those LA rappers. And I'm like, Mm-mm. Nah, he wasn't. Nah, nah, nah he wasn't. Nah. <laughs> nah, he wasn't. Cause just, just how they felt when Big passed away and he was riding through Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Like, I I talked to my boy Goldie. He from Louisiana. I was like, I know Soldier Slim had to been. You know, he had to been something. You know what I'm saying? If he would have made it, uh, but Nip was man. That's something different. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. We don't even talk about it. and all and all due respect because. We got the big adoption agency out here. You know what I'm saying? We got Pac, we got Corrupt, we got Ice T. You know, we got Kobe. Right. Once you come out here, you sign right. up. You are a part of the family. <laughs> you know what you I mean? <laughs> and we take care of him. Hey, shout out to Alex Caruso. People's asking me, how do you give this boy so much credit? And he got a murals and stuff like that because he's a good, he's a good dude. He gives back to the community and he can hoop. There you mm-hmm. go, Caruso, Caruso. A couple of murals around the city for you. Yeah, um, Nip is the same way. You it, there's murals around the city where they have Nip, Kobe, Easy E, Westbrook, all on the same. And I'm like, it's just that's just how it is. You Man, know what I, mean? I it's funny you mentioned that because I was where the hell was I? I, I, I told you I, I came out to L.A. Last, this past December, and I was damn it, what, what was that? I cannot remember the name of that street to save my life. I'll probably remember it once I get once we get off this podcast. But I was, I was sitting at a light, and I looked to my left. To my left, there was a mural of Kobe on a on a building, and when I looked to the right, there was a mural of Nipsey. Mm-hmm. I was like, I you you will never see no shit like that nowhere else in the world. And a lot of them, a lot of them are, are are downtown. And yeah, this was downtown. I can't, I cannot remember what street I was on. I, I'll think of it. Probably, like I said, probably later after the text. You, every yeah, every 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 corner you've been, you got Kobe, you got his daughter, you got you got Nip. And like I said, when you come back, when you come back south towards South Central area, the Inglewoods, mm-hmm. the Compton's, and stuff like that, you'll see murals of of Easy E. You'll see murals of Pac, and you'll see murals of like everybody. You know what I mean? Like, and even even the cats that's still with us, Ice Cube, like I said, Westbrook. I got I, one day I'm gonna go over there, and I'm gonna get a picture of it. But li- literally, there's a mural of Nip and Westbrook and Ice Cube, and it's just it's crazy. And you know what? What's what's what you said is true. They don't do that, and they don't embrace. You know, he he wasn't just another rapper, uh, because keep in mind, folks, when he passed his services were at the Staples Center where the Lakers play. Yes. They're not doing that just for any old body. He wasn't no. just another rapper. Because the wasn't... other person that the other person we had it for was Michael Jackson. And yeah. that was that was it. You know what I mean? Exactly. They don't do that type of stuff for just any old body. And and I think that speaks volumes about you know who Nipsey was and what he was mm-hmm. was trying to accomplish in 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 the uh in the time that he was here. Mm-hmm. Uh, again the incredible rapper but even in listening to when I go back and listen to Victory Lap, like you said, even the gang talk, it's not 
necessarily promoting it. He's talking more so about what he went through and what where he was. But there's also messages in there about where he was going and where. And I and I, I tell people all the time, like, well, it was I think anything else was I think they're scratching the surface on where he was going to be, and um, you know, but still a, a, a great, great, uh, legendary you know, person, especially in, in the streets of LA and not just LA, but just all over the world. I mean, he, he's, he's loved and still celebrated to this day. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he's, <laughs> he's definitely LA. Um, before we get out of here, man, um, tell folks where they can listen to you, where they can find your pod. Cause I, I mentioned at the beginning, you got like, <laughs> you got 15 and that, you know, it's funny. Because <laughs> I was when I when I hit you up about doing a podcast, I was like, "Hey, man, I don't know what your schedule is like. <laughs> I'll stay up late since I'm on the East Coast, you're on the West Coast. I'll stay up late if I need to. We, I want to get this done. I was like, but I know you got you know family and you got thousand podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell uh, folks where they can get where they can catch you at, man. Uh, well, for all of my podcasts, uh, well, for, for my for my personal podcast, uh, BTG for President. Mm-hmm. and open run with btg a part of the rare science network uh that's my guys over there in atlanta um the no nonsense show uh that that and my open run with btg is a sports show that drops every wednesday uh btg for president drops every thursday but in the future uh i'm getting so busy that i'm just gonna be dropping this show whenever i can <laughs> but right as of right now is wednesday and thursday back to back um and then I'm also a part of the Breaks Radio. We record every Wednesday, so you, that those episodes should either be coming out every, I think, Thursday or Friday. And it's pretty much of us talking hip hop, the the culture of hip hop, and mm-hmm. you know certain events, things like that. Um, I'm also a part of the Black Horror Humor podcast, where me, my boy Drake, Mister D Seven One Three, and Lear from Take Up Space podcast, uh, every, and then Drake from Everything Culture podcast. We sit and watch scary movies together, you know. <laughs> you know, it's it's basically black oh, folks watching scary movies. Black folks watching scary movies. Yeah, man, it, it's pretty fun. Uh, and then we have the lunch break, the lunch break crew, the lunch break productions. I'm more of a uh, a guidance counselor slash janitor slash uh, I don't know OG if you want to call me to mm-hmm. to to that. To, to that company and brand um, where they have at-risk therapy uh, and so many other podcasts uh, under that production and under that brand. Um, yeah, so I, I got my hands on a lot of different stuff, but, you know, that's just me just being creative with other people. Bro, do you have time to sleep? I, you know, I do something, yeah. It kind of does. And I should have said at the beginning, you're a family and you and your wife been together. How long y'all been together? We've been married for 10 years. We reached 10. We reached reached 10 this year in July, July 17th. Congrats. Uh, But but we've been together for 13 years, I want to say. Yeah. So so when people ask you that, you know what you should just say? They're like, man, how long y'all been together? You just say forever. Forever, forever, <laughs> man. forever. Yeah, that's that, that's that's my dog right there. That's and y'all, and y'all have kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, we got the, uh, we got the Bobby Brown of the of the whole family. That's my daughter Bailey. She runs everything up in here. Uh, and then my son Case. 
you know, and I got I got two I got two other kids. I got a total of four kids. Uh but the two kids that stay with me, my two kids that stay gotcha. with me, Case and Bailey. Uh yeah, they they something to, uh, uh, Bailey was supposed to be born in the 80s. She's an 80s. Okay. Kid. Okay. Yeah. yeah, cause she has a um she has this thing with boxes. So like, you know, moving boxes or boxes from Amazon. Uh, she builds a homeless shelter downstairs in my living room and she builds like these because she's a big um Roblox and uh, oh, those, yeah, my daughter's into that too. Roblox and Minecraft. So she builds, how old is she? She's five, she okay, turns six, she, she turns six 10. next month. Yeah, mine's 10. That, that Roblox stuff, I'm like, man, I was like, yeah, she's like, daddy, I'm, I'm doing this. Da, da, da. I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, if you want, if you want to. Yeah, so that that's my uh, that's that's the Fantastic Four. Um, okay, you know, um, and yeah, we 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 still go on our family vacations. I try to go on as many vacations as I can without my kids. I don't like kicking it with my kids. Fast. I do not like kicking with them, but I like kicking with my kids. I just I, I like to do stuff without them too, though, because I do everything with them. That's the thing, though. We do more stuff with them than we do without them. Like we have Nerf gun fights. We play basketball. We take them swimming. We just. I'm tired of being a responsible parent. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's a lot. Like I didn't get this much. I maybe should have gotten it, but it's I see why wow, it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, but those you can also find me on Twitter at Baylorism, uh, at Baylor the Great on all rest of the social media platforms. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, but I, I mainly talk to people on Twitter and and IG TikTok. I think TikTok is Baylorism as well. So you can check out whatever videos I make on TikTok. You now know. you, I, I, one last question. You, I, I know you talked about it because I, I think one of the first times I heard you was on Jay. Shout out to Jay Boog. You, Jay were, Boog. you, you did a takeover for Jay Boog's podcast. So your real name isn't Baylor. My last name is Taylor. Gotcha. So now you seeing where the gang culture comes in at. <laughs> <laughs> it's all tied together, Cal. Like because you know hey. what's funny. I thought I, I think before you explained it. For some reason, I was like, well, maybe he went to Baylor. Because <laughs> no, Baylor is just like a very random name, you know? I've, I've never I've never been to the University of Baylor. I think they do have a high-powered offense, though. But They do. Um, for the for the listeners, hey, I went to uh, Fremont High. That's, okay. that's predominantly Bloods. So I had a lot of Blood homies. I was never from any type of Blood gang in my life. Never. Ever. But I was associated with them in high school. The middle school mm-hmm. I went to was predominantly Crips. Oh, you know wow. what I mean? I got and I, I got friends. I got Crip friends. I got blood friends. You know what I mean? I got we all kicked it together. Some of them didn't get along. I got relatives as Crips, and I got relatives from the same gang that Nip is from. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. Um, but I went to high school with Bloods, and so you can just imagine those conversations during lunch. You know what I'm saying? In nutrition, hey. Uh, Baylor, you know what I'm saying? And then it just stuck. <laughs> Baylor passed me the rock. Baylor, swing it over here. And I'm like, and, so and they you, gave the name Baylor. Wow. I can't look. I've I've tried, Cal. I've tried to come up with my own nicknames. It's not working. You can't. You know? you, you're Baylor now. You can't you can't get away from it. So I've been wow. Baylor. I've been Baylor since the 10th grade. Okay. So see, that's that's what that's what makes it even doper because. It's not like you came up with like I mean twelve Kyle is is me but like my name is my real name is is Kyle somebody actually asked me that on Twitter one day so man is your name Kyle like yeah my name that's on my birth certificate Kyle okay. um but 
like so so mine was created but you really have been so there's people in the streets that know you as Baylor that's funny that yeah, there's, so there's a lot of people in the streets that don't know my real name and this is the crazy <laughs> part and vice versa I have a lot of I have a lot of homies and I've never known their real government wow. I never knew their real government unless I was in class with you and they and the teacher read off your name mm-hmm. I never knew their real name so if you say yo did Darian come to class I'm like who was <laughs> Are you are you talking about G? You talking about G boy? Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, no, no, he didn't come in today. But but no, but a lot of people don't know that my my real name is Ronald Taylor Jr. My family on my mom's side they call me Ronnie. Um, on my daddy's side they call me Ron or Ron Ron. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the streets is either you know me as Ronald as a classmate. Because remember, there was no Baylor in middle school. It was only no. Ronald. So right. you, if you if you didn't go to high school with me, but middle school, you still know me as Ronald. Right. But if you went to high school with me, everybody know my name is Baylor. <laughs> <laughs> it's Baylor. So if you ask me, you know how many times I got to explain that to when it, when I give out my personal email and it's Baylor the Great at Yahoo. <laughs> like, so why is it? Never mind you not. Just right, know, right, right. Just, just email me. Just email right. me. Right. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That is so funny. Well, you you folks, you, you got his information. You know where to find him. Check his podcast out, man. It's again, he bends the rules because he does he's he's just gonna come in and just talk, but it, it is it is a great listen. Um, this is the his first time on his podcast. I promise you guys it will not be his last because we Oh, we got it. I gotta we, come we, back because oh, I got for some sure. things to talk about, man. For sure, for sure. And 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 he's issued a challenge to me. Uh, in an upcoming podcast at the time of this recording uh, that I'm going to record to talk about uh, Club Kyle. That's going to be the name of the podcast. And I'm going to talk about my, my clubbing days. And he, he had he had some stories about Club Baylor and his days of partying. But uh, I think mine might be a little bit live. So, so, so be on the lookout for that upcoming podcast. Um, but you guys know where to find me. This podcast is being broadcast uh, every Thursday at midnight. Um, Something I'm doing doing a little different now is that we're putting also some content on YouTube. So check out the YouTube channel um, and doing some bonus episodes also that will drop on Sundays at midnight. So uh, that's going to do it for us. So for my man, Baylor the Great. I appreciate uh, this. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. This has been California Love with my man, Baylor. We'll catch you guys next time. 5,000. Yeah, yeah.